The Sound of Terror in the United Kingdom. That's where we begin on this Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. We are glad you've joined us here at 6 o'clock for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And of course, our top stories this morning a suicide bomber strikes a concert in the UK, and a Florida man is charged with killing his neo Nazi roommates. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And we'll have a live report for our top man working the foreign desk on the apparent terrorist attack in Great Britain. It is moments away here on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning. It's 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. An investigation is underway today after an explosion left 22 people dead at an Ariana Grande concert in England. Ian Hopkins is the chief constable of the Greater Manchester Police. We have been treating this as a terrorist incident. And we believe at this stage, the attack last night was conducted by one man. The priority is to establish whether he was acting alone or as part of a network. More than 400 officers are involved in the investigation. As for Ariana Grande, the pop star took to Twitter to say that she was, quote, broken, adding, from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry, I don't have words, end quote. She's also stopping her world tour after that deadly explosion at Britain's Manchester Arena. TMZ is reporting that Grande is putting the European leg of her show on hold for now. She was expected to play London Thursday, and then there were to be additional stops in Belgium, Poland, Germany, and Switzerland. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And um, authorities over there say this has all the hallmarks of a radical Islamic terrorist attack. But there's really no confirmation of that from any source at this time, Deb. No, but British police think they have found the body of the suicide bomber responsible for the deadly blast outside of Grande's concert at Manchester Arena. British officials told their American counterparts that forensic evidence at the scene points to a suicide attack. Uh, and they're saying with an IED, an improvised explosive device that was reportedly packed with nails. Oh, yeah, nails, ball cause, bearings, yeah. nuts, all this kind of stuff that just carves apart human flesh. And, and we've seen that kind oh, of yeah. things before uh, with suicide bombings from radical Islam. But again, uh, last I knew, ISIS was cheering this, but they had not even claimed responsibility. Nobody has claimed responsibility so far. Police yeah. have confirmed that at least 22 people were killed um, and around 59 others were hurt. Let me just mention that coming up here in about seven or eight minutes, we'll go live to our man, uh, Bill Zimfer, who's working the News Radio 1025 News Foreign Desk with the very latest on the investigation of the aftermath of this horrible, apparently terrorist attack. Yeah, back here in the States, former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn is reportedly refusing to testify in an upcoming Senate hearing. Flynn is rejecting a Senate subpoena and will invoke his constitutional right against self-incrimination. President Trump fired Flynn in February for over misleading comments about conversations with the Russian ambassador. The Senate and House Intelligence Committees are investigating Russian meddling in the presidential election, including allegations of collusion between Moscow and members of Trump's campaign team. Here in the Sunshine State, a Florida man is charged with murder after allegedly killing his two neo-Nazi roommates because they disrespected his Muslim faith. Another roommate with alleged neo-Nazi ties is in custody in connection with an explosive device that was found at their shared Tampa home. Devin Arthurs was arrested after walking into a smoke shop Friday with a gun and allegedly holding people inside captive. The two roommates were already dead back at the house. The 18-year-old eventually surrendered and said he had to do it because of the bombing of Muslim countries. 
Arthur has also said he'd also been a neo-Nazi before his conversion to Islam. The FBI is assisting local police with the investigation. Well, I'm telling you, congratulations on sorting (laughs) your way through that story. That is a minefield. It is so convoluted and so complex. You've really you've really cut to the essence of it uh, from the Muslim conversion angle. And I'm going to get into that in the seven o'clock hour. You've already set the table for me, Deb. Yeah, thank you, bud. Because like you said, not an easy story. (laughs) And finally, Palm Beach County Public Works officials are working to repair a sinkhole that opened up near President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. County officials worked late yesterday to close up a 10-foot by 6-foot sinkhole that opened up near the southern entrance of the country club. Authorities say the depression occurred close to a water main break that occurred down the street at nearby Southern Boulevard. The source of the sinkhole, though, is still being investigated. Those Democrats. I know. They're going to tunnel in from the bottom. I know. (laughs) Give me a break. All right. WFLA News Time 606. Read about Manchester citizens using social media to help one another. After the concert explosions, so many young people stranded there today because trains, of course, the city of Manchester has been locked down. So you had 20,000 people at that concert last night. The arena holds 20,000 people. That's all those people that now can't take the train to get home. So it's a really cool story about how they're using uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook to hook up with free room and board, free food, yes. free transportation, Hotels anything Hotels are need. being open yes. to them. Private homes, strangers are opening their doors to these families, a lot with young kids yeah. streaming out in panic from this arena after the big explosion. That is a, that is a real um those are Upside. those moments, exactly. Those are those moments when the light just, you know, yes. does enough to just part the Speaks darkness. to the best in humanity at a moment when we are seeing the worst yeah. in humanity. Their worst terror attack on British soil in at least a decade. Yeah, so, I think back to 2005. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, if you'd like to get a little bit of good news as well, you can read about that at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Right now in uh, London, British Prime Minister May is uh, speaking publicly outside 10 Downing Street, and she said, quote, We will defeat the ideology behind this attack. Uh, again, we still don't have a formal claim of responsibility, but as Deb and I were discussing, it certainly has all the hallmarks of radical Islam in some form. But you just don't want to jump to conclusions in this business because you get bit when you do. Yeah, absolutely. And still waiting for confirmation. And it, it was weird how long it took them to talk about what kind of a weapon it was. You know, at first it was thought it was a suicide vest. And then when they came out and said IED, mm-hmm. you know, which is uh, an acronym we're so used to hearing from the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. True. Um, but then to hear, especially at a concert for Ariana Grande, she appeals to tweens, teens, oh, I mean, yeah. this, this place was packed with young people. Oh, it's just a horrible story from that re- from that respect. We're going to get the very latest on it from another perspective from our fine News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zim for working the foreign desk for us. That's coming up in a moment. Deb will be back with more breaking developments on this, news coverage of this and everything that is going on this morning. Top and bottom of the hour is what she brings us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Yaffe tying it all together, producing in the control room. Uh, again, we'll have our live update from our 
best reporter on the foreign desk working this story from the UK. Stay with us. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I just saw on the Fox monitor that uh, the British Prime Minister Theresa May has finished making remarks about the attack um, outside uh, 10 Downing Street. Uh, with that as uh, the setup, let's bring in our uh, News Radio 1025 national correspondent working the foreign desk today, Bill Zimfer. Welcome back to Good Morning Orlando, Bill. What is the latest you have on all this? Well, good morning, Bud. I, and I think uh, the biggest thing that came out of Theresa May's statement this morning is that she said that authorities believe they know the identity of the attacker. Uh, but they are not ready to release his identity at this point. Uh, that is pretty quick work for the British authorities and MI5, which has been working on it since the explosion that happened at about 10.33 last night. So uh, while they have called it a terrorist-style attack, I don't think there's any question uh, that this is terror-related. Uh, there were said to be uh, nuts and bolts strewn on the floor in the area of the explosion, meaning that there was a shrapnel element to the explosion. Uh, but uh, again, uh, the, the biggest state so far this morning from Theresa May. They believe they know the identity of the attacker. No one has claimed responsibility, no um, outlet of radical Islam, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, etc. that you know of, Bill? No official claim of responsibility. Several uh, ISIS-related groups have just uh, released statements rejoicing over the uh, attack, mm. but there have been, has been no official claim. So we don't know if this was a work of an ISIS cell in Great Britain, or if this was someone who was just inspired by ISIS who decided to go out on their own. But again, it seems like the British authorities at this point have a pretty good handle on who they might be working with. I may be taking you into the area of speculation, but let me ask, one of the first things I thought of when this occurred in the wake of President Trump's uh, dramatic speech yeah. in Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, where he, he really he put the, the terrorists on notice, you know, mm -hmm. we're all getting together and we are going to wipe you out, that this might be a statement from radical Islam, that you got a long way to go to get this done. Is there any sense that this is connected in any way as a reaction and a statement off the Trump speech in Saudi Arabia? You know, that's hard to say, Bud, because uh, these type of uh, incidents and these type of acts by these terror groups are often planned well in advance, and the venues scouted out well in advance. Uh, hard to say whether it was time to, pre to President Trump's statements, and uh, President Trump has released a statement this morning, and again, he said this wicked ideology must be obliterated. So again, some pretty harsh words, and you're right, the president not only uh, condemned a radical Islam, but also called on all Muslim countries to to group together and go at it. Before you go here, Bill, let's put the spotlight on the uh, victims here. We had so many, um, you know, teenage girls are particularly attracted to a U.S. pop singer Ariana Grande, and the parents would be, you know, taking their kids there, in some cases driving up to the venue to pick them up when this bomb went off. It didn't actually happen inside the arena, did it? Not in the seating area, no. It, it occurred in the foyer area, which uh, right at the end of the concert, which again, was, uh, you know, timed when most people would be in there. So it was in the foyer area. And just one other uh, aspect of this whole thing, but there are some reports out this morning that security may have been a little bit lax at this concert, and that's something that's really going to be under the microscope. Oh, I bet that's true. Now, what about the performer herself? She says she is heartbroken. She's canceling yeah. her world tour. But uh, there are people who are listening this morning waking up to this and wondering, well, is Ariana Grande okay? 
She's okay. She is fine, although emotionally damaged, as you might imagine. You, you, uh, as you mentioned, she has canceled the rest of her European concert, and she has uh, simply said in, uh, in social media uh, that she is broken. Absolutely right. Any closing thoughts here, Bill? Well, this is just this is a worst-case scenario that we all think about, and of course, all law enforcement organizations think about a bomb being detonated uh, at an area where there are a lot of people, and uh, supposed to be a good time, and supposed to be, as you mentioned, a family event. And this is a worst-case scenario. Right, and of course, all of this occurs outside security, so there was really no way to screen for it, and that and that's another nightmarish dimension to this, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, this is a tough one. Although it's hard to imagine how someone could even get into that area, get that close mm-hmm. uh, with an explosive device. Bill Zimfer, our national correspondent, working the foreign desk on the big story, the apparent terrorist attack in Manchester, England, after that concert last night. Thank you so much. You're fantastic, and we appreciate having you on the show. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, bud. All right, good deal. Here's President Trump's statement in the wake of the apparent terrorist attack outside that concert venue in the U.K. that has killed 22 people, a lot of them children, apparently, and injured nearly 50. The president made his remarks during a brief media uh, address in the Middle East as he was meeting with Palestinian leader uh, Abbas. And here is what the president said. So many young, beautiful, innocent people living and enjoying their lives murdered by evil losers in life. I won't call them attackers, monsters, because they, they, they would like that term. They would think it's a great name. I will call them from now on losers, because that is what they are. They are losers. He went on, the terrorists and extremists and those who give them aid and comfort must be driven out from our society forever. That wicked ideology must be obliterated. Picking up from the theme of his speech in Saudi Arabia to the leaders of 55 Muslim nations just a couple of days ago. We talked about perhaps lax security at the venue in, in Manchester. No such thing uh, for the president in Israel staying at the uh, King David Hotel in Jerusalem. Turns out his room that he's been in is bulletproof, poison gas proof, bomb proof, and even designed to survive an attack that destroyed the rest of the hotel. But there is more. Fox News reporter Trace Gallagher on King David Hotel security for President Trump in Jerusalem. Listen to this. The hotel was secured by 1,000 Israeli police officers along with U.S. Navy SEALs, Secret Service, and some CIA operatives. Each member of the hotel staff was vetted by both American and Israeli security teams. Not only are the windows bulletproof and rocketproof, the president's security team brought their own bulletproof windows to kind of double up. The sewers below the hotel are crawling with robots looking for explosives. And above the hotel, there are these balloons with infrared cameras. And in case all that security doesn't work and there is a breach at the hotel, President Trump will have his own private elevator that leads to the roof where he can be taken away by helicopter or down to a private parking lot where the beast awaits. That's the presidential limousine that's bulletproof that happened to come along for the trip. Trace Gallagher from Fox News. I remember when Trace was a fabulous reporter uh, at Channel 6 when I was an anchor well over 20 years ago. I love the guy, and boy, is he just good on his feet. 
Yaffe, that is more security information than I've ever heard about protecting a president in a very dangerous part of the world in the Middle East. I mean, it's just incredible to hear all of that, isn't it? Yeah, the robots in the sewers below, that that is very interesting. That's a new one that I haven't heard, monitoring. And the entire hotel gets destroyed. Trump's room would survive it, and he, the theory being, as well. Yeah, I don't even know how that's possible. Neither do I. It's remarkable to think of that. We thought we would share that with you. Got to love Trace Gallagher. He is top flight. Great guy and an unbelievable reporter. Bottom of the hour now, and good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Deb's keeping up to date on the apparent terrorist attack in the U.K., with the very latest on the carnage. Deb? Thank you, bud. The death toll now stands at 22 with dozens more injured after an apparent terror attack at a pop concert in the U.K. Witnesses say Ariana Grande had just finished performing last night in Manchester when a huge explosion rocked the venue. Chief Constable of the Greater Manchester Police, Ian Hopkins, says authorities believe the carnage was caused by a lone suicide bomber. The attacker, I can confirm, died at the arena. We believe the attacker was carrying an improvised explosive device, which he detonated, causing this atrocity. White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer says President Trump has been briefed on the matter, and the British Prime Minister Theresa May also announced this morning that they do know the identity of that suicide bomber, but they're not releasing it at this time. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Stars, meanwhile, are expressing their shock over the deadly explosion outside the Ariana Grande concert in Manchester. Grande says she's broken after at least 22 people were killed and dozens more were injured. Talk show host Ellen DeGeneres called the attack so sad and so scary. Nicki Minaj said her heart hurts for her, quote, sister Ariana and every family affected by the tragedy. Bruno Mars said no words can describe how he feels. And Taylor Swift tweeted her thoughts, prayers and tears for all those affected by the Manchester tragedy. We know how it is in the morning on radio. People are joining us constantly, and people are leaving to do other things, and there are those awakened up to the news wondering how Ariana Grande is. This did not impact her directly, am I correct? She was not hurt. No, she had just left the stage when the explosion, as everyone was starting to leave, that's when the explosions yeah. rocked the uh, stadium. Mm-hmm. In other news, the governor continues his swing through the Sunshine State, working to build support for Visit Florida, which uses tax dollars to lure tourists to the Sunshine State, and Enterprise Florida, which uses tax dollars to lure businesses to the Sunshine State. Rick Scott says even at the current levels of funding for these programs, Florida job growth is still tailing off. Job growth is slowing down. Uh, We're still growing. We're still above the national numbers, but we should be way bigger than where we are right now. However, opponents in the state legislature don't see it that way. They say it all amounts to corporate welfare, and lawmakers have crafted a budget that gives Scott only a fraction of the money he wants. In sports, Toronto Raptors executive Jeff Weltman is the new president of basketball operations of the Magic. Weltman has agreed to a five-year contract. Weltman spent the last five seasons with the Raptors, including serving as general manager this year. Weltman will be in charge of hiring a new GM for the Magic after Rob Hennigan was fired last month. Matt Lloyd has been serving as interim GM and is a candidate to land the full-time job. The Magic have missed the playoffs, in case you forgot, in five straight years. Thanks for the reminder, Deb. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) I do what I can. (laughs) You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. 
Thank you, Deb. Yaffe at the controls. And uh, as uh, President Trump continues with his appearance at the Holocaust Memorial in Israel now with Melania at his side, we will continue to monitor things there in the Middle East as the president uh, moves on uh, in his nine-day trip. Next stop, the Vatican. We bring in Gina Cervetti in the Bloomberg Newsroom with the daily Bloomberg Business Report. Gina, does a terrorist attack, and that's what this appears to be, like we saw in the U.K. last night, does that impact the markets? Are you seeing anything in that regard? What can you tell us? does not appear to be impacting the markets so far this morning, but in fact, we had the London FTSE up about two-tenths percent. I mean, those aren't very big gains, so investors are being cautious, and of course, they're watching what's happening overseas. Uh, the German DAX and the CAC in Paris, those indexes, they're also showing even bigger gains. We have the stock futures this morning signaling a higher Wall Street open. Dow futures are up about 39 points. And yesterday on Wall Street, it, stocks were higher for a third straight day after President Trump's trip to Saudi Arabia inked a bunch of deals that lifted industrial shares. We also had crude higher yesterday, and that helped push up energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boeing and 3M were among those leading the Dow, which gained 90 points, closed at 20,895. S&P gained 12 points, about one half of 1% to 2394. And we have the NASDAQ up 50. It closed at 61.34. Shares of Ford were higher after it replaced its CEO. What are you folks at uh, Bloomberg watching for today, Gina? Well, we have some economic reports to watch for. We get preliminary reports on manufacturing and services activity for the month of May. And then for April, we find out how new home sales did. We expect some earnings today from Toll Brothers. That's the luxury home builder, AutoZone, DSW, Cracker Barrel, and Intuit. Okay, we will watch closely for that. I'm sure you'll be talking about the results tomorrow. Uh, Gina, media companies are hoping to uh, that hope to challenge the big video streamers are getting some kind of an assist from Amazon. What's the story there? Yeah, those like Netflix and YouTube, those are the big companies, but uh, the media companies that provide the programming, they are getting some help from Amazon.com. For about a year and a half, Amazon's Prime membership service has been promoting subscriptions ranging from HBO and Stars to perhaps lesser-known channels such as Acorn TV. And this week, Amazon said that its Amazon Channels, which is what this service is called, is expanding to Europe with new partners there and on-demand channels. Uh, The success here has actually convinced Amazon to devote more resources to this initiative and for now put off efforts to launch its own live TV service. And before Gina leaves us, an interesting item here. If you wake up and, you know, restless over the way you manage your money and things haven't worked out and you've got all kinds of financial regrets, apparently you've got a lot of company, right, uh, Gina? Yes, indeed. A new bank rate report finds that 73% of U.S. adults wish they'd done something different with their finances. And the most common regret, not saving enough for retirement early enough, followed by not putting away enough for emergencies and taking on too much credit card debt. Excessive student loans are the top regret among the younger adults. Perhaps no surprise there. It comes in fourth overall. So if misery loves company, folks, we'll help you feel better. After hearing that, you're not alone. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Gina Cervetti with the Daily Bloomberg Business Report from New York City. Have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow, Gina. All right. Thanks, bud. You too. Yeah, you bet. Hey, I have a preview of the Trump budget that is going to be unveiled this morning. I think there are parts of this that have no chance of making it into law. But there's a lot on principle here that conservatives should feel good about. And I'll share what I have with you in a moment. 
We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I have in my never nicotine stained fingers some summary information on a preview of the Trump budget to be unveiled today. Actually, the preview uh, was provided to reporters yesterday by uh, Mick Mulvaney. I really like him. He's the Office of Management and Budget Director for Trump, and he's a real fiscal uh, hardliner. Um, the two hundred or the 2018 Trump budget proposal, okay, and it comes out this morning. Here, here's what we know that I want to share with you this morning. It will call for $3.6 trillion in total spending cuts over a 10-year period. 10 years is a long time, but $3.6 trill is a lot of money to cut. It includes $1.7 trillion in savings from mandatory spending. More on a moment on what that is and what it is not. Uh, the biggest savings would be more than $800 billion from health care. Um, and the budget would be balanced under the Trump plan in 10 years. But that assumes an accelerated rate of growth to 3% from the current about 1.5% left over from the lame Obama regime. And it also assumes that President Trump gets to sign a health care bill into law that closely resembles what the House passed. And I think the Senate is going to change it dramatically. So there are assumptions being made here that are um, high risk, shall I say. But nevertheless, that's true of every presidential budget document, because Congress always has a say. And it never turns out the way any president wants it to be fully. Democrats are not going to go along with any of this. Um, and Republicans, some of them are not big Trump supporters, are already wary of this. You know, the president said he was going to make cuts. He was going to downsize the cost and the size of government, all right? And I think he feels he needs to be held accountable by the voters, and he intends to be accountable. So this document reflects that, at least to some degree. The official title of the budget is A New Foundation for American Jobs. Mulvaney calls it a taxpayer-first budget. This is interesting. And what he means by that, Mulvaney says the administration is thinking about the budget in a fundamentally different way than previous administrations. Mulvaney says they're now thinking more about the people who are paying the taxes. Gee, there's a novel idea. How about that, Yaffe? Why didn't somebody think of that like 100 <laughs> years ago? Yeah, right. Yeah, and trying to justify asking hardworking Americans to cough up money. And if we can't justify it, we're not going to put it in the budget and spend money on it because it's coming out of your pocket. And, and, and this is a total 180 from focusing on the people who are receiving the benefits, you know, and currying favor with voters in those constituencies by handing out more money, more social programs, more entitlements that all comes out of the pockets of the taxpayers. You know, it actually makes a really good point because we don't think about it that way. Everything the government spends comes from the taxpayers. Yeah. So it should be justified. Yeah, you know, this is like some kind of a eureka moment in Washington in 2017. <laughs> right. The Trump administration wants to redefine what compassion means. Mulvaney says it should be no longer measured based on how many programs are in effect, how many people are receiving the benefit. He wants compassion to be broadened to include whether the government is ripping off taxpayers by using their money for ineffective programs. Now, on the cuts, no Social Security retirement payment cuts, no Medicare cuts. Mulvaney said, if you really want to right the ship, Mr. President, you got to do it. 
But Trump refused to do it. He says he promised not to cut those in those programs. Social Security is not really entitlement, but and Medicare as well. So he's not going to do it. I don't know how you get where we need to go ultimately uh, without doing that. But the president refused to go along with Mulvaney's recommendation. When you take a look at it, I really do think compared to any budget plan we saw, certainly during the Obama years, there is a fair amount here to attract conservatives that conservatives should like, if not love. I have more. I'd like to get your take on what the president is proposing and what you think the chances are that it actually survives passage through the halls of power in Congress. I think it's in some trouble right from the get-go, but I like what the president is standing for here. I do. So, 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680. Love to get your take on that. It's your money, you know, and mine as well. As we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So more on the uh, preview we have of the Trump budget proposal that will be um, unveiled today. Um, supposed to balance the budget over 10 years. Um, it proposes some really tough cuts that we haven't seen, and I can't remember when, if ever, on both the mandatory and discretionary sides, not Social Security, not Medicaid, you know, but a lot of entitlements and a lot of government agencies will have to bite the bullet under the Trump plan, including the EPA and the State Department. And the president's making a couple of assumptions that growth is going to accelerate and stay at at least 3%. It's about half that right now. Now, here's where the entitlement cuts are coming in the Trump budget. Not Social Security, which is not technically an entitlement, don't call me, and Medicare, okay? Um, Programs including food stamps, now called SNAP, uh, Children's Health Insurance Program, a.k.a. CHIP, SSDI, Disability Insurance. The budget proposal um, will assume that the president can sign into law a health care reform act, something like what the House just passed, and I really don't think that's going to survive in the Senate very well. But at any rate, substantial cuts to Medicaid as well. This is where the Democrats are just going to go absolutely nuts. Okay, they're all about the entitlements. We understand where they're coming from. How will the entitlement be saved in the budget? Sources who know more about the budget than I do say there will be an emphasis on work requirements for able-bodied people to save money on these social welfare programs. Uh, President, of course, is going to spend more on the uh, defense budget, border security, although there's no wall in here yet, unfortunately, and um, on the vets. So there we go. Yaffe, what do you think? Well, I think I think it's pretty good from what I heard so far. I agree that um, eventually we're going to have to touch Social Security and Medicare. We're, we're going to have to do something. It's, yes, we are. It, it's completely unsustainable. But I understand Trump made that promise. Um, it's definitely a step in the right direction. But every time I hear about a good budget like this, I'm like you. We know that the Democrats and even really the Republicans, frankly, are not going to pass it. In Congress, they're not willing to do what we really need to do right. to fix the problem of the debt. And this is where this is where the tag rhino really is appropriate and it sticks because Republicans in name only, you know, Republicans, that's supposed to be the conservative side of the ledger. 
But a lot of these Republicans in Congress will tell you they are conservatives, just like we hear from the legislature who then, you know, blows up the budget to the biggest ever in the state of Florida. Those are rhinos, Yaffe, and that's what you have in Congress as well on the Republican side. And, you know, we really don't have any excuses anymore because we own the Senate in terms of Republicans, the House of Representatives, and the presidency. Right. So if you don't start paying down the debt and really cutting cut spending now— yeah. I mean, no one's going to no one's going to trust you anymore. I couldn't agree with you more. In a moment, I want you to talk about what you have on your primetime show coming up this evening. You got uh, Beyond Reason on with Yaffe in the evening. Um, stay tuned on that. First of all, <clears throat> this is really uncomfortable stuff to talk about. You know, I'm trying to make a pitch for you to make an appointment with Orlando Urology Associates. OK, and um, but for men's health issues, women's health issues of all kinds. You want the very best resources available, and you want to see if you can save some money along the way? Got you covered on both counts with Orlando Urology Associates. Truly, I wouldn't go anywhere else. Six board-certified physicians, top experts in urology, um, universally respected and renowned, in fact. I mean, they'll find out what's wrong with you and make you well again if it is possible to do so. ASAP. Their, rapid, their kidney stone rapid care program is all about getting you pain-free with the most modern, least invasive kidney stone removal techniques out there. I've been through it a couple of times. There's nothing like kidney stone rapid care from Orlando Urology Associates. And because they are the last independent urological practice left in Orlando Medicine, they get to set the rates and they save their patients money because they have that independence and the ability to determine what the rates are and to give you the very, very best rates. So why don't you schedule just one appointment, prove to yourself that what the Bud Man says is true. There's no place like Orlando Urology Associates. Go to the website. Everything stems from there. RapidStoneCare.com. RapidStoneCare.com. Coming up here in a moment, Deborah Roberts with news in the top of the hour. More on the suicide bombers striking that concert in the U.K., And uh, state troopers here in Florida launching the latest Click It or Ticket campaign in advance of the Memorial Day holiday weekend. Now, we've got Good Morning Orlando till 9, we got Glenn till noon, we got Rush till 3, we got Dave Ramsey till 6, and tonight we've got Yeffy. Yes, Beyond Reason Radio is 7 to 9 p.m. tonight. We'll talk about the budget, we'll talk about the latest with the terrorist attack in the U.K., and whatever happens in breaking news as well. So join me tonight at 7. It's a fantastic show. You will love it. My fabulous executive producer turned show host in prime time. Yaffe and Beyond Reason, 7 to 9 tonight. Good morning, Orlando. Rolls on for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Deborah Roberts checking in with our news update at 7 o'clock. Terror in Manchester, England, outside a concert venue. That's our big story this morning. And good Tuesday morning, Orlando, at 7 o'clock. As we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA, I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a suicide bomber strikes a concert in the UK, and the FHP launches their latest click it or ticket campaign. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And we're all over the apparent radical Islamic terrorist attack in the UK, but a question for you that we'll deal with in a moment. What the Tampa murder of two neo-Nazis says about the dark side of Islam. Stay tuned here on Good Morning Orlando. 
Good Tuesday morning at 7.02 on News Radio 102.5. An explosion outside of Manchester Arena has left 22 people dead in the UK. Police say they're treating the blast as a terrorist attack while it's under investigation. A suicide bomber is believed to be responsible for the attack that took place after the concert was over, and police have identified the body of the suicide bomber but are not releasing his identity. Dozens more were injured in the blast. Chief Constable Ian Hopkins of the Greater Manchester Police says investigators are working overtime. This has been the most horrific incident we have ever faced here in Greater Manchester, and one that we all hoped we would never see. The singer is said to be okay. President Trump has expressed his condolences. Meanwhile, UK police have arrested a 23-year-old man in Manchester in relation to the concert attack that left 22 dead and 59 injured. No word yet on what his uh, relation to the attacker or uh, to this plot may be right now. This is just breaking news. Got it. That's the very latest, and that's what we're going to continue to bring you all morning long. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Manchester is joining together to offer a helping hand to those affected in the explosion in the United Kingdom. Taxi drivers are offering free rides to those who attended the Ariana Grande concert but are now stranded because trains in the area have been shut down. People are using the hashtag Room for Manchester to indicate that people can go there to stay if needed. People came to comfort upset and crying children in the streets, and there are even unconfirmed reports that a nearby hotel took in over 50 children. It's absolutely remarkable how people are reaching out to perfect strangers in that situation. Yeah. And that's, that's the upside of an otherwise horrendous story. It's a shame that it oftentimes takes a tragedy for us to see the good in each other. Yeah, seems to be the way it is. Yeah, it does. Well, we do uh, not want to lose sight of the fact that for a lot of folks, it's going to be a three-day holiday weekend, and that means lots of traffic and tempers on the road. And the Memorial Day weekend, of course, just around the corner. But so will the Florida Highway Patrol. We just want to remind everybody it's going to be a a busy traveling season for the uh, upcoming holiday uh, to obey the speed limits, you know, obey the traffic congestion uh, construction zone where it may require them to slow down. But we just want to remember, just buckle up. Uh, Safety belts do save lives. Captain Jeffrey Basanthi says they're teaming up with local law officers over the next two weeks to concentrate on enforcement of Florida's mandatory seatbelt law. Yeah, click it or ticket. I'm seeing it on the flashing electronic signs as I drive around town. Yeah, absolutely. There's the reminder. They're going to nail you. (laughs) Yes, they will. It's an expensive ticket. And with Memorial Day weekend on the way, there is good news for Floridians. Gas prices have dropped for the 30th consecutive day. The average price across the Sunshine State is $2.30 a gallon, which is $0.10 more than this time last year, but AAA also says we're still about five cents below the national average. The most expensive prices in the state are in the West Palm Beach, Boca Raton area. Right now, the average in Orlando is two twenty-two a gallon. Most expensive place on the planet is down near OIA, as we know. But oh. that's the story of those two. But I'm seeing gas for. 212 on the way to work in the morning. What are you seeing for regular right now? For regular, I've been seeing, uh, yeah, about 212, 217. Yeah, a couple of places Depends. on uh, 1792 in Seminole County. That's about as good as I've seen so far. Exactly. But yep. hey, if you drive a, an electric car, here's good news for you. Yep. The University of Central Florida is adding more electric charging stations to its campus. UCF officials yesterday announced that it'll install four more charging stations to campus in time for the start of the upcoming fall semester. The new additions will bring the number of on-campus charging stations to 15. Another electric charging station is available at the UCF Lake Nona Medical Center campus. And finally, Elvis Presley's personal jet is up for auction. It even comes complete with uh, red velvet chairs and shag carpeting. 
1962 red Lockheed Jetstar goes up for bid May 27th with a starting bid of $10,000. Not bad. It can't fly because it doesn't have any engines. Oh, I see. Hence the discount. Yeah, exactly. GWS Auctions is orchestrating the auction and estimates the jet is worth two to three, uh, two to three million dollars. The website LiveAuctioneers.com says. The jet has been parked in the high desert of Roswell, New Mexico, for 30 years. Because <laughs> if you remember in the movie uh, Men in Black, when Will Smith's character had said uh, Elvis has died, Tommy Lee Jones's character said, no, Elvis, Elvis isn't dead. He just went home. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, his plane would be parked in Roswell for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Area 51. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh. WFLA News Time, 707. Read about Melania failing to tra- uh, take the president's hand and the internet noticed at 1025wfla.com. Get a life, game. Everybody's talking about it. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Watch this, Donald. I will click your hand away. We'll get 10 million hits. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, come on. There was later on, they're holding hands, but nobody talks about that, right? You know? Uh, I'm telling you, incredible. All right, Deborah Roberts with news top of the bottom of the hour, and whenever it breaks, as we roll on for the Frontgate Realty Studio on the Tuesday edition to Good Morning Orlando, just visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Yaffe's our executive producer. We are all over the aftermath of the terrorist attack um, in um, in London, or rather in Manchester in the U.K. Stay with us for the latest on that, and also a um, a radical Islamic angle here in central florida on a very disturbing story out of tampa we'll talk about that in a moment we'll have that in orlando's news weather and traffic updated for you in just two minutes here on news radio 1025 wfla there are multiple angles to that story out of tampa the neo-nazis etc and i want to just all of a sudden sweep that aside and i want to focus on the muslim angle on this the radical islamic angle on this and um, in, in the wake of what the president has been saying in the Middle East and in the wake of what appears to be clearly a radical Islamic terrorist attack in Manchester, England, that has killed 22 people, a lot of them young girls, apparently, who were at this concert for U.S. Uh, pop star Ariana Grande last night. Um, we've got 22 dead, nearly 50 injured. I want to talk about what this story out of Tampa says to me about the very dark side of Islam. I've never said from this microphone that all Muslims are radical or will ever become radical. Most Muslims are not radical and never will be, are as peaceful and as peace-loving as you and as me, okay? But there is this cancer within the religion that is the scourge of the world here in the early part of the 21st century. There is no question about it. So let's look at this story as reported in the Tampa Bay Times from that particular angle of it. Here's what they have in the Tampa Bay Times newspaper this morning. A man accused of shooting and killing his two roommates Friday in a Tampa apartment told police he shared neo-Nazi beliefs with the men until he converted to Islam, and then he turned on them. They were all buddies, roommates, neo-Nazis, but then he converts to Islam and he kills them because they showed disrespect for his faith. Murder suspect Devin Arthurs, 
According to police, age 18, fatally shot his roommates, Jeremy Himmelman, 22, Andrew Wanashuk, 18. All of them were neo-Nazis until Arthur's converted to the Muslim faith. And then suddenly he took a look at them and decided they needed to die because they had made disparaging remarks about his newfound faith in Islam. Arthur told investigators that all four roommates shared neo-Nazi beliefs until he converted to Islam. Friday, when Arthur's briefly took hostages at the uh, store in Tampa, he later surrendered and was arrested. He said to police that he was upset due to America bombing his Muslim countries. Arthur's made references to Allah Muhammad as officers walked him to a patrol car. Said Arthur's, I had to do it, killing his former roommates, the neo-Nazis, and he was one of them until he converted to Islam. Then they had to die. I had to do it, he said. This wouldn't have to have had to happen if your country, meaning America, didn't bomb my country. I'm not sure where that is. Somewhere in the Middle East, I guess. Jail records show Arthur's was born here in Florida. In conclusion, murder suspect Arthur's told police he had become angry about the world's anti-Muslim sentiment and wanted to bring attention to his cause. Arthur's now faces two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of aggravated assault, three counts of armed kidnapping. He remains locked up in the Hillsborough County Jail without bail, scheduled for his first court appearance at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Here is my thought off that thread of this very, very complex and convoluted story. If Arthur's had converted not to Islam, but to Christianity, I believe nobody dies in this story. And that's the dark side of Islam. He has converted to a religion that has within it teachings that justify the cold-blooded murder of those who are not of the Islamic faith. And that is the dark side of Islam revealed in this story out of Tampa. If he had converted to Christianity or any other faith, Buddhism, whatever it is, except Islam, nobody gets murdered. I believe that with all my heart. And again, that is not an indictment of all Muslims. But that's an undeniable part of that religion you don't find in other modern religions. Or other religions, I should say. You just don't find it. That's the dark side of Islam. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Anything you'd like to say to refute what I say or to back me up? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. So this guy used to be roommates... And a fellow neo-Nazi with a couple of other neo-Nazis has murdered them, authorities say, over in Tampa. And that he did it and was quite open about it because they had said disparaging things about his new religion. He had converted to Islam. And, and I, I believe with all my heart that if this young killer had converted to Christianity, Judaism, 
Buddhism, or any other religion you can name, nobody would have died. But the dark side of Islam was the justification for these killings. Yaffe? Um, I, I think you make a good point. In today's world especially, I, I think you're right. Now, there were times in the past where there was violence in Christianity and in our religion as well. Yeah, it's not 1400, you know, yeah. and we're not burning, you know, witches in Salem or anything in the 1700s. I mean, it, exactly we're right. in the 21st century. Yeah, in today's world, you're exactly right. There is a there is a problem with a major portion of Islam, a sect of Islam that is radical and that tends to do stuff like this. And the Islamic religion, the Islamic faith is going to have to deal with that themselves. That was the most profound message of the president's great speech before the leaders of 55 Muslim countries the other day in Saudi Arabia. Exactly right. You know, it could only be, you know, 1% of the Muslim population in the world that's radical, but that's still 10 million people. Yeah. So that's a lot of people that you have to deal with. So they have to figure out a way to root out that part of their religion. It, it might take reform, but they, they're going to have to deal with it. Am I unfair to the religion of Islam with the comment I have made here? Yaffe on the text line, what do you see? Uh, yeah, one person says, you are right, bud, and I am so glad you are making that distinction. Another person just asks, what in these young men's lives attracts them to or causes them to accept radical beliefs? Kind of just throwing out the question. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. It's very complex because it's not a monolith. It's not the same for everybody. Here's John and Lake Mary checking in on all of this. Good morning, John. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Good morning, bud. Go ahead. Uh, bud? Enjoy your show every morning, uh, but i got to tell you, you're dead wrong on this one. Really? If I may. You'd like people to disagree with you, right? Absolutely, I do, if, they, if they're if they making sense. Okay, I'll, I'll try to do that. Uh, it, we always draw the distinction, and you have, because you're a polite guy, between uh, the reality that this is a tiny portion of Islam. But the truth is that what Islam is is a belief system that is completely incompatible. I'm talking about mainstream Muslims. Yes, it is a small minority that is ISIS, but they still, in 11 countries today, put you to death today for uh, being a homosexual. They did not eliminate slavery. They did not give women's rights. We did that. And all of what I'm saying is not ISIS, bud. That is mainstream Islam. There is no large-scale peace movement to get rid of this so-called a tiny minority. It, the problem is the overwhelming majority of Muslims who remain silent. Oh, I've, I agree with you on that 100%. That part of it, you and I agree on. Thank you, John. Bertha's in Deland. Good morning, Bertha. I'm a little bit crowded by time. Deb's getting ready for the news at the bottom of the okay, hour, but what do you I'm got? I say, we, we got to stop demonizing Muslims. They are bad in everybody's religion. People wear a suit on Sunday and a hood on Monday. I get it. Bertha, 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 listen to me. I want you to answer this question. If that young killer had converted to any other religion but Islam, I say nobody would have been murdered. Do you agree with that? Why is it always Islam? Do you know? Well, that's a doggone good question, Bertha. No, y'all got to stop demonizing. We're going to have more murders. I'm not demonizing Islam. 
I'm telling you, there's a cancer on the religion that you don't find in other religions, Bertha. Wake up and connect with the reality. I love you, but wake up on this. President Trump is uh, speaking right now in Israel, and um, every time I look at the monitor, there is applause. We are monitoring this, and we will bring you any particular breaking news from the president's commentary, particularly on uh, the aftermath of the terrorist attack uh, in Manchester, England. Deb? One person with an improvised explosive device is responsible for that deadly attack outside an Ariana Grande concert last night. That's according to police in Manchester, England, who say they don't know if the suicide attacker was acting alone or was part of a larger group. 22 people, some of them children, were killed. 59 more were injured. One arrest has been made in connection with the attack. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. We have a caller on the line on my story from the last half hour. I got distracted by the president right now. But we were talking about the two neo-Nazis who were murdered by a a former roommate of theirs, right, who was a neo-Nazi until he converted to Islam. And I made the statement, and some agree with me and some are not happy with me, that if he had converted to any other religion, Christianity, Buddhism, Judaism, that nobody would have been murdered. It's the dark side of Islam revealed here. And uh, and that's the point I made uh, early on, and it uh, really has stoked the phones and the text line. Yeah, straight out of a pop go with Gary, in fact. Good morning, Gary. Well, hi there. Uh, look, the, the Bertha's comments are so off track. She just ought to realize that uh, the fundamental teachings of Islam are in the Hadith, and they're in the Quran, and they specifically tell the followers of Islam, you either kill, subjugate, or convert the infidels. And everybody who's not an Islam person is an infidel. They do not coexist with any other culture. Look in the Middle East, look in the Far East. They can't coexist with Buddhists, Hindus, or Jews, or Christians, and they kill them. And uh, just ask Bertha, would she want to sit next to somebody who is a Muslim young male who's got stuff under his jacket? Um, They do not coexist peacefully in this country, and they want to impose Sharia law. They are not just a religion. It is a political and military movement. Well, and again, it is a small percentage of Islam, but it's unique to Islam. You don't find that in the world's great religions except Islam in the 21st century, Deb. I think it's undeniably true. Yeah. That's it. Gary, thank you so much for calling. Sorry it took me a few minutes to get to you there. Uh, Juggling too many balls here. I got about five of them in the air, and I can only juggle four. (laughs) I'll hand it over to you. I can only handle two. (laughs) Well, real quick, uh, just to give you something uh, to make you smile today. You've heard of cafes for cats. Have one here in town. Well, now there are similar eateries for rats. Really? For two days this summer, San Francisco will play host to a pop-up rat cafe. Here, patrons will be able to enjoy coffee and pastries and nosh in the company of critters. But these aren't your typical disgusting rodents carrying diseases. Instead, the rodents are adoptable pets from Ratty Rats, a Bay Area rat rescue group. Rat rescue, Deb? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're freaked out by the idea, Bud, of eating with a rat, people putting on the event say domestic rats are clean, social, and highly intelligent. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me! This 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 is I this is this this only on the left coast, and I'm glad it's three thousand miles away. <laughs> oh, there'll be a rat uh, cafe popping up in Orlando oh, sometime soon. <laughs> and finally, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, 3D printing technology and just how 
world-changing it is. Yeah, you can reproduce anything with it. Literally. Scientists have created ovaries for a mouse. Oh, come on. Using a 3D printer. Wow. Come, really? A, yes. A newly released study says when the ovaries were implanted in the mouse, they mm. resulted in live births. Imagine the implications. The 3D printed ovaries were made with female cancer survivors in mind. The lead author at Northwestern University says if the technology works for humans, it could offer hope to women who lose ovarian function due to cancer treatments or for other reasons. That is remarkable. Isn't it? A 3D printer. I love that. Good hopeful stuff on a morning when we need that. Thank you, bud. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes can be hard to find, but we'll find it if it's out there. Yeah. I've, um, I actually ate with a rat once. Here we go. The guy had fired me a few years earlier. <laughs> I was trying to find the connection between rats that we've run into in our lives. I'm just not quick enough it, to have come it up it with anything. It happens in this business. <laughs> yes, All right, does. Deb Meister. Okay. Yeah, that rat's related to the other uh, rat I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll bet. Probably. <laughs> and Manchester is where we begin as we bring in News Radio 1025's national correspondent, Joe Gomez, with the very latest. Welcome back to Good Morning Orlando, Joe. Thanks for coming on with me. Oh, thanks for having me, bud. When I booked you, Manchester had not happened. We'll get to other things in a moment. Please give us the very latest you have in the wake of this terrorist attack. Well, the very latest is that uh, a 23-year-old man has been arrested in connection with the incident. It sounds like uh, police um, in London are going to be conducting more raids and potentially making more arrests. Uh, There was a fear that perhaps this was part of a uh, cell or cells that could be uh, planning other attacks. Um, in Great Britain, and so I think that they're uh, really working the ground to make sure that doesn't happen. 22 people confirmed dead, another 59 injured, 60 treated for or treated by paramedics uh, at the scene, and uh, just a, a horrific attack. I mean, the bomber we know had some kind of a suicide explosive device attached to himself. Uh, the shrapnel was uh, staged at one of the exits, apparently and uh, was looking for maximum carnage. I mean, this was a concert, an Ariana Grande concert, young woman, singer, pop singer, where a lot of young people, children, were going to be at. Right. And uh, the venue could hold 20,000 people. So just a, a tragic, tragic attack. And the Brits seem to believe that this is clearly some form of radical Islamic terrorism at work here. Am I correct on that? Yeah, that's the early read right now is that... Uh, that it was uh, related to some sort of uh, uh, Islamic uh, terror group or maybe uh, maybe Islamic terrorism perhaps not necessarily attached to a group necessarily. I mean, we, we, we talk about, for instance, lone wolves, people that can be radicalized independently. But if they're looking for potentially a cell, uh, that could indicate this could be part of some yeah. broader scheme, perhaps with ties, let's say, to ISIS or al-Qaeda or some other type of... Uh, group like that. Although no group has yet claimed responsibility. Is that still true? That's still true, but right. We still don't have any claim of responsibility from either ISIS or Al-Qaeda. So I think that that's still part of the investigation to try to figure out, you know, who these individuals uh, were tied to. And of course, the president was talking very tough over in Saudi Arabia just a couple of days ago about eradicating um, radical Islamic terrorism. He is now still in Israel. He has already met with Abbas, the Palestinian leader. What can you tell us from the standpoint of the president's trip, how this might somehow tie in commentary on Manchester, etc.? Well, I think it certainly uh, kind of provides, uh, I guess, 
more of a somber note for the president's trip. You know, I don't think he, I mean, nobody anticipated something like this would happen. But definitely, since he's in the Middle East, uh, a hotbed uh, for terrorism, uh, I mean, that's you know, where ISIS yeah. uh, formed and, and began in, in Al Qaeda, uh, that the president is, is going to be uh, making uh, fighting terrorism a central point to his trip, if he hasn't already. I mean, he, he basically has made that clear. That was the focal point of going to Saudi Arabia, was to try to make sure that uh, the U.S. could uh, firm up its relationship with Middle Eastern countries to combat terrorism. And so he spoke briefly about the terror attack in the U.K. Uh, this morning with uh, Palestinian leader Abbas. Uh, as we speak, as a matter of fact, the president is making remarks at the Israel Museum, uh, where he's expected to kind of talk more at length about what happened in the U.K., in ways to prevent a future terrorist attack. Yeah, we are monitoring that, and uh, if we have anything from the president on it, we will play it here very, very shortly. Before you go, give us an idea of what the itinerary um, will be uh, as the president's trip continues to unfold. So after this, the president is uh, going to be departing um, Tel Aviv uh, en route to Rome. And uh, after he arrives in Rome tomorrow, he'll be meeting with the pope at the Vatican. Uh, after that, the following day, he'll be going to Brussels to meet with uh, the heads of the EU and NATO, uh, then to Sicily for the G7 summit. But clearly, I think on, on a lot of people's minds is going to be this terror attack. And so I think that, that we're probably going to hear a lot from European leaders and the president about what to do to combat terrorism on a global scale. And on that note, the president and um, Bibi Netanyahu have just walked away from the microphones, concluding their remarks. And we will uh, be uh, checking out what the president had to say. And if there's anything that you need to hear, we will make sure you do on the um, remaining hour plus here of Good Morning Orlando. Joe Gomez, our fine News Radio 1025 national correspondent. Thank you so much and have a great rest of the day. We appreciate you, Joe. Thanks. Thanks, bud. Yeah, good deal. So the breaking news now, we have another angle on. ISIS apparently claiming credit for the Manchester massacre. You've got something on this from the Israeli media just coming in, Yaffe. Yes, the Jerusalem Post is uh, saying this, and it has been confirmed by multiple outlets, that ISIS, Islamic State, has claimed responsibility. And according to Israeli media, ISIS said in a video they posted online that this is just the beginning. You and I were talking off air before the show as to whether or not Manchester was a statement by radical Islam that we're still here, uh, Mr. President. You said in Saudi Arabia, the whole world needs to come together to wipe out radical Islam, that this was a counterstatement by them. Uh, who knows whether or not that is true. And um, That they, was one of my first thoughts, honestly, yeah, when, when I heard about well. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. Okay, now this evening... You're going to be on on WFLA with your own show, and folks can call, text lines the same, just what we do here in the morning. No question about it. There will still be breaking news all day for you to be expounding on in your evening show tonight. Right. So, yeah, if you're in your car or you just want to listen, 7 to 9 p.m., we'll be updating the breaking news on this and Trump's budget as well and a lot more stuff. Okay, that's coming up with Yaffe's show Beyond Reason from 7 until 9 tonight. Yes, sir. Here on WFLA. Deborah Roberts, my partner and co-host here in Good Morning Orlando, updating the aftermath of the Manchester massacre and the New York Police Department tightening security following the deadly Manchester bombing. 
Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And we are glad you're with us on a Tuesday morning at 7.59. The sound of terror in the United Kingdom. Carnage outside a concert venue. The very latest this morning for you in this hour of Good Morning Orlando. Here at 8 o'clock, time to update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a suicide bomber strikes a concert in the UK, and the NYPD tightens security following that deadly bombing. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And what the anti Trump media won't tell you about the successes so far of the Trump presidency an undeniable confirmation of anti-Trump bias in the media. Dead ahead here on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 102.5. More than 400 police officers are investigating last night's deadly attack outside an Ariana Grande concert in Manchester, England. British Prime Minister Theresa May says yesterday's attack stands out. This was among the worst terrorist incidents we have ever experienced in the United Kingdom. In fact, in at least a decade, the crowd was largely made up of teenage girls and parents with their children. 22 people, some of them youngsters, were killed. 59 more were injured, and some parents are still looking for their children. Investigators now confirm one person with an improvised explosive device was responsible, and ISIS has now claimed responsibility for that man's attack. One arrest has been made in connection with the attack as well. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Back stateside, the NYPD says while there is no specific terror threat to New York City, they're tightening security following that deadly bombing in Manchester, England. This British tourist says he's devastated about what happened. It's even more tragic when it's a concert with women and children, and but it seems to be the world we live in these days, so it's a sad, sad kind of time. Heavy weapons teams are being deployed to high-profile locations across the city, including airports, bridges, tunnels, mass transit locations, and Times Square. They've also assigned vapor-wake explosive detection dogs and highly trained counterterrorism officers and say they may impose random backpack checks at various sites. Security was also beefed up at last night's Yankees game and at the British consulate. Uh, vapor-wake, by the way, bud, vapor-wake working dogs are specifically trained to detect body-worn explosives on a moving target. My goodness, I can't believe how focused and specialized unbelievable. these sniffer dogs have become. It's yeah. amazing what they can train them to do. And this is a specific company. This is from their website. But they say that unlike traditional EDD teams, teams that go out at explosive device, yeah. uh, they're trained to view static objects or people as their productive area. But vapor wake dogs are obedient to the odor itself. So this enables a vapor wake canine to follow an explosive target to its source in real time while the target is in motion. Unbelievable. Deb. Isn't it? Never heard of it before this moment. I had not either, so I had to do a Google check and find out what the heck are vapor wake explosive detection dogs. I'd never heard of that. You heard it here first. North Korea is blasting cybersecurity experts who say it was behind or likely behind the WannaCry ransomware that infected computers around the world earlier this month. It insists it had nothing to do with the attack and says the, quote, pseudo-media is just trying to make it a scapegoat. It adds that those who spread the allegations 
allegations, quote, will be made to pay a dear price, end quote. Cybersecurity firm Symantec, however, analyzed the hacking tools used in the attacks and found them almost identical to previous versions linked to uh, North Korea. The so-called Lazarus Group is also suspected to be behind the 2014 hack of Sony Pictures. And finally, a 12-year-old boy is in hot water, bud, for allegedly starting a brush fire by burning his school books in Melbourne. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Wow, this is a big fire. Yes, it was. Police say the boy set the books on fire and was recording a video he planned to post on YouTube when the fire spread and he called 911. About 30 people had to flee their homes in the Manchester Lake subdivision when the fire grew to 10 acres. Local firefighters were able to put out the blaze and no structures were damaged, but the state attorney's office is being asked to file felony charges against the boy who is back home with his parents. Any idea why he was burning his books? Just, you know, things weren't going well in school? What was going on there? I I think he just wanted to start a viral video at the end of the school year. And, uh-huh. hey, you know, look, this is what I'm doing at the end of the school year. Yeah. You know, I don't, there's yeah, been and, no word on. Right, and, and he didn't do it with malice with the idea of, boy, I'm going to torch the neighborhood here. But no. now, as you just indicated, he faces some very serious charges. Yes, he does. And he's, he's probably lucky he, you know, his stunt didn't burn down someone's home. Absolutely. WFLA News Time. It's 8.07. Read about Manchester citizens using social media to help one another after the concert explosions at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Ariana Grande was the U.S. pop singer who drew 21,000 people to that arena in Manchester. She's real popular with young girls around the globe. Uh, And uh, we we should point out that the star is fine. She says she's heartbroken and she has canceled her world tour, Deb, as you told us earlier. But for folks just joining us right now, Ariana Grande is fine. This did not occur near her. It actually occurred just outside the arena proper uh, in the foyer, in an area, you know, where, where people might, uh, you know, exit or, or enter the arena. Right? The house lights were already on. Ariana Grande had just stepped off the yeah. stage after finishing her set. And this was when folks were getting ready to leave. And the suicide, suicide bomber obviously taking advantage of that exit, which is where uh, the attack took place. Right. And the absolute latest we have on this, ISIS now claiming credit for the terrorist attack in Manchester, England. 22 dead and, uh, what, 59? 59 hurt. And uh, a a sad reminder for us here in Orlando as you watch parents in Manchester looking for their children. I know for me it just made me think of those parents after the Pulse attack a year ago. Oh, yes. You know, running around with pictures looking for their children. And it's just, you just, your heart breaks to see, you know, parents who thought they were letting their tween girls or, you know, go to this harmless concert sure yeah. you know it's an ariana grande concert you're not going to be hearing you know the kind of language at some of the other shows right. it's you know scream fest it's yeah. and then it ends up turning into tragedy ariana by the way um was born and bred um in south florida came out of boca raton right? yeah that's where she got her her musical career was launched in south florida she used to yeah. perform a lot in fort lauderdale and such mm-hmm. devil stay all over this story if there are more breaking developments uh, we will bring them to you here from the Frontgate Realty Studio, the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're going to shift into something else and keep our eye on Manchester for you, and that is undeniable confirmation of heavy anti-Trump bias in the mainstream media, a.k.a. the ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine. 
and the often overlooked successes of the early months of the Trump administration. When you take a look at all that's gone on here, there's a lot that is intentionally unreported. So we'll get into that as well. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Well, there is this um, Harvard University Shorenstein Center, widely respected operation chronicling media coverage, and they really now have confirmed, you know, what we have been telling you and what you already know because you're smart enough or you wouldn't be listening to this show to pick up on what's really going on here and get through the noise and through uh, the anti-Trump media machine, the ATM machine, as I call them. Listen to this. This is absolute statistical confirmation of just absolutely brutally biased anti-Trump coverage in the media. The center in Harvard examined the coverage of Trump's first 100 days in three major papers, the New York Times, the the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, and the main newscasts of CBS, NBC, CNN, and Fox News. The top-line stats here, some 80% of these stories and segments had a negative tone toward the president, 20% positive. Wow. That's twice as negative as the coverage of President Obama's first 100 days, much more negative even than that for George W. Bush and Bill Clinton. At CNN and NBC, no surprise, right? 93% of the stories were negative in tone toward Trump. They could only find 7% of stories worth being positive toward the president. CBS, not far behind, 91% negative. And the New York Times, 87%. Washington Post, 83%. Wall Street Journal, 70% negative. Fox News was, well, what they claim to be, fair and balanced compared to the others. Brett Baer's signature special report at 6 o'clock at night, 52% negative toward Trump, 48% positive toward Trump. The American Thinker has done a great job, great piece by David Prentice, headline, The Underreported Success of the Trump Presidency. When you put it all together the way they have, it really makes you think that this president is getting an absolutely raw deal, the likes of which we have never seen from the media. They hate this guy. He took him on from the very beginning, and they are out to destroy him. The statistics from that survey confirm it. But when you look at the underreported successes of the Trump administration, you understand that they aren't looking the other way by accident when the president does something good for this country. More in a moment in your thoughts on what I've just revealed and the undeniable confirmation of anti-Trump bias among the main newspapers and the main television network newscast. 407-916-5400. No surprise, I'm sure, to you, but I'd like to know your reaction to what you've just heard. Text line 23680. We got more on the ISIS angle here coming in right now, Yaffe. Uh, yes, this is according to Fox News. Um, ISIS, as we mentioned earlier, did claim responsibility. The Islamic State group says one of its members planted bombs in the middle of crowds in Manchester where 22 people died. Um, ISIS also says a soldier of the caliphate planted bombs in the middle of crusaders gatherings and then detonated them. Um, the group claimed that 30 Crusaders were killed and 70 others were wounded. That's different than the total that, 
you know, we're getting from officials there, but that's what the ISIS person said. All right, we'll stay on top of the story, of course. I think the president's doing a great job over in the Middle East. I really do. I think he's been very, very strong, very, very presidential. Uh, of course, the uh, ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine, uh, looks the other way whenever the president is doing anything that might um, actually be good for the American people or actually raise his poll numbers, okay? Great piece on this that puts it all together in The American Thinker by David Prentice on the underreported successes of the Trump presidency. Talks about all the positive things that have been coming out of Washington under this president and his team. The restoration of law and order. Uh, the outrageous demonization of police by the previous administration. The Obama regime is gone. Um, the president continues to talk positively about law enforcement and the need for law and order. Uh, violent demonstrators no longer being coddled, except in places like Berkeley. Uh, instead, they are prosecuted. The existing border laws being enforced, illegal crossings down 70%. The welcome mat no longer out for people to just break into our country. Um, the bad guys are on notice. Attorney General Sessions simply enforcing laws that exist. And isn't that refreshing? And we're seeing the fruits of it. The American thinker points out that we have an administration that tends to do something to ensure voter fraud is curtailed. That we can be assured under a presidential executive order that there will be less Democrat crime on this front. Those who commit vote fraud will be fearful of real prosecution and our precious franchise to vote will see enhanced integrity. Economic revitalization, we are seeing that on so many fronts. Uh, Team Trump has so many successes in foreign relations, putting together before our very eyes a burgeoning alliance in the Middle East, including Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Israel, Egypt, and others, cleaning up the noxious mess left by the Obama-Clinton years. And the same thing is happening over in Asia as well putting the hammer down on North Korea, Trump's negotiating skills, forming a relationship with China's premier, really extraordinary. So much really praiseworthy in the early months of the Trump presidency. And you suddenly realize when you put it together with that um, Harvard study, Yaffe, on, on, on just how negative the mainstream media outlets are, generally speaking, toward Trump and his presidency, you begin to see why this word doesn't get out. And you begin to think, you know, is it possibly, is it true? Is this president a disaster? Is nothing good happening? Is he doing everything wrong? Well, it's outrageous. Of course not. Yeah, but Russia, but Russia. That's what they'll keep saying. Yeah, yeah but Russia. Yeah. Look at Russia and his so-called collusion. Russia, Russia. That's all I ever hear from them, especially yeah. CNN. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're the worst. They <laughs> yeah. really are the worst. I saw one of my friends on Facebook comment last night that somehow they started talking about Russia last night. There was a terrorist attack in the UK, and somehow they still made time to talk about the Russia thing. Mike Flynn, Mike Flynn, collusion, collusion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Folks just joining us right now know they've come to the right place, Deb. When you're going to bring us the news, you're going to update us on the aftermath of the terrorist attack in the U.K., and here we go. Yeah, where British uh, Brit Britain's prime minister is denouncing the suicide bombing outside an Ariana Grande concert last night as an act of, quote, sickening cowardice. Speaking outside her Downing Street office, Theresa May confirmed that 22 people were killed and 59 more were injured in the attack in Manchester, England. And May says... 
Innocent concert goers were the ones who were targeted. We now know that a single terrorist detonated his improvised explosive device near one of the exits of the venue, deliberately choosing the time and place to cause maximum carnage. The attacker died, but a 23-year-old man has now been detained in the case, and ISIS is now claiming responsibility. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. On the uh, fun side, I guess you could say, of the news from overseas. Well, anything would be on the lighter side compared to what happened in the U.K., no question Without about it. Without a doubt, absolutely. But this is pretty bizarre stuff you're going to bring us now. Yeah, it really is. They say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is true. Yes, it is true. So a Russian man took that quite literally, though, when he proposed uh, to his girlfriend, Bud, by hiding the ring inside a stomach wound. Oh, come on. Those Ruskies. Seriously, why was there a piece of cheesecake wasn't available? (laughs) Before the proposal, filmed by a friend and posted on social media, the unnamed man asks the woman, a nurse, to change the dressing. When she finds the ring inside his wound, oh come on, oh. she bursts into tears and says yes. Oh, she said yes. Well, then they're made for each other. Seriously, <laughs> I, mean, I would have run screaming into the night. Yeah, no, no. If that had been me, I'd have just burst into tears, going, "Really, this is going to be mean, my engagement story? Oh, digging it out of your wound? Are you? I mean, oh. they're, they're the perfect match. They then he really found the are. one one for him. <laughs> Yeah, honey, let let me clean that up for you a little bit, sweetheart. (laughs) Local media report the man uh, convinced a surgeon to put the ring in there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no malpractice suit here. Gee whiz. The bride-to-be put the (laughs) ring on, although she made sure to thoroughly wash it first. I'm a little afraid what they're going to come up with at the wedding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Imagine what could happen if their first child's baptism or something. Yeah, I can't believe. What surgeon would agree to put a foreign body and sew it up? Did they sterilize the ring? Because uh, that's the weird part. Because that's the of weird this part. story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's convinced the Russians. I know it's the I Russians. I mean, come on. What are we expecting? <laughs> Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Maybe it's common over there. <laughs> I don't know. Let me let me tell you a related story. I had a friend of mine ten years ago. He got married again after you know having a divorce, etc. And the two of them kind of found each other, and it was a wonderful, wonderful romance and everything else. And he called me and says, "Bud, man, give me a really great idea for how to propose to Loretta." So I said, Bob, I got an idea. You love to go to the beach. He lives up in New Jersey. So I said, put the ring in a shell that you pre-plant. Take a walk along the beach. And hope to God no one else finds it. Right. Well, of course. you. you, you yeah, sure. But, I mean, he had to keep his eyes on the whole thing. But he managed to get that done or have somebody do it. I can't remember. And they walked along, and um, he identified this shell. And he said, boy, that's beautiful. And she said, yeah, why don't you pick that up? And he picked it up. And the ring was inside it. Oh. Now that's the way to do it. Not inside a stomach wound, right, Yaffe? <laughs> oh. I'm, uh, I'm like writing this down. Yaffe, <laughs> when the time comes, you come to the Bud Man here. We'll set the whole thing up for you. And I'm telling you what, she burst into tears. And, oh, of course not. Of oh, course yeah. not. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. There was a recent story of a, of a man who had made his girlfriend a necklace. It was like a seed with like a shell in it. She wore it for a year. And then he goes to propose to her, takes the necklace back, 
and shows her that he had built a secret compartment. She had been wearing oh. her engagement ring for a year Ooh. and had no idea. I'm getting goosebumps. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Although I'll take the seashell idea. That's a beautiful idea. <sighs> That beats that finding it in your cheesecake or yeah. in your, your glass of champagne. But you got to keep an eye on that part of the beach. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Be a Horse. fiasco. And you got to watch the tide coming in, too. True. I mean, would the woman, though, be like, why did you wait a year or something like that? Did she get? What she did say was, you're lucky I didn't lose it. So <laughs> yeah. she had no idea it was there. You know, yeah, it's banging true. around. It could have slipped out at any time. Yeah, yeah. Could have slipped out at any time. Boy, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Just keep it out of your wounds. Stomach no no wounds. stomach I mean, wounds. No You'd think that would wounds. be a, a given. You know, you don't <laughs> think you'd have to say that, but. Again, from the Department of the Obvious. I'm getting the heebie-jeebies here. <laughs> I am too. I can I handle too. the heebies or the jeebies, but when I get them together, it's very bad. <laughs> it's a, not a good scene. You know, most things I'll go <laughs> and check out on social media. This is one of them that I don't want to see this engagement video. No, definitely not. Tell you what, Yaffe, why don't you open up the um, phone lines right now for our sound judgment contestants to get them on early here. 407-916-5400. We're playing the game for a great prize, but you got to be on the phone at 407-916-5400. Oh, we've had some fun here this morning. You yeah, done, Deb have. Meister? Or do I, I just done. preempt a couple of more Deb Meister stories? No, not at all. Not at all. Whatever I can't get to, I can always save for another day, bud. But uh, it's been good to share some laughs with you on what has otherwise been a very sad and serious day. Amen, partner. I couldn't agree with you more, and I hope you agree at home. You know, sometimes you just have to lighten up. You do. You have to laugh to remind you that, you know, and there's good in the world. Absolutely right. No doubt about it. Patriots, we got a... Prize right up your alley if you're our winner on today's Sound Judgment Game. Yaffe, let's talk about it. Yes, you can win a CD copy of American Spirit, which is Mannheim Steamroller's stunning musical tribute to America. It has a bunch of patriotic songs on it. And if you are a fan of those kind of songs or just of Mannheim Steamroller in general, you will enjoy the music included on this CD. And if you don't win the prize today, you can get the CD. It's available at Amazon.com, iTunes.com, and MannheimSteamroller.com. For those of you who got in early on the 50,000-watt front porch, you're going to have a chance to win that CD. No charge on us. Great patriotic music from Mannheim Steamroller. Nobody sounds like Mannheim Steamroller. Are you ready to go? By the way, um, I've got one open line at 407-916-5400. If you do get a busy signal, you can call back on that number when someone gets a wrong answer, and you could be our winner. Here we go with sound judgment. A famous entertainer's private jet is going on the auction block, but first, it needs some big-time maintenance work. Listen to some sound from a Fox reporter talking about this, then use your sound judgment to tell me what superstar once owned this plane. The jet has been sitting on a runway in Roswell, New Mexico for over 30 years with red velvet seats and a red shag carpet. The 1962 Lockheed Jetstar was custom designed. However, the plane will need some work to fly. The red Jetstar has no engines and needs a restoration of its cockpit. The plane's estimated between 2 and 3.5 million. It'll be auctioned May 27th at GWS Auctions. And the sound judgment question to you is... What superstar owned that plane? How about we start on line two? Go ahead, line two. Line two? Uh, I'm going to guess Elvis Presley. 
I'm going to say you got a you got a good guesser going there. Absolutely true. It was once owned by Elvis Presley. Nice going on that. You gave it some serious thought before you pulled the trigger on that one, didn't you? Yeah, and actually I held off on answering because uh, Mike didn't tell me what line I was on. So, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! What's your first name, please? Car- Carmelo C A R M E L O. What's your name? Carmelo C A R M E L O. Carmelo, calling in from where, may I ask? Right here in Orlando. Good town. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Carmelo. means a lot that you listen to us. We're glad Every one of day. our loyal listeners have won. Every day you listen to us, right? Aren't you sure? Awesome. You, Definitely. Aren't you afraid you're going to overdose on Good Morning Orlando and the Budman and Company? Never, never, never. <laughs> Good stuff. We love you, man. Don't go away. Yaffe's busy. He's the one-armed paper hanger this morning. We're a little bit short-staffed. But he'll get to you in a moment off air, and we'll make arrangements for you to get the prize. Okay, Carmelo? Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Enjoy the great patriotic music on that CD from Mannheim Steamroller. All right. The big story, of course, here nationally, worldwide, really, is the terrorist attack in the U.K. outside that uh, concert venue. And um, an entertainer by the name of Ariana... Grande was performing before a packed house of 21,000. A lot of them are young girls who just love her. She came out of South Florida, born in Boca Raton, and uh, has been a pop singing sensation, and now she has canceled her world tour, heartbroken over what happened. She is fine, but um, a lot of people did not survive. 22 deaths, 49, 59 injuries, I believe, is the number. Uh, We're going to give you the very latest we have on that in just a moment. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it before we leave for the rest of the day. It's Good Morning Orlando, Tuesday edition for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LaurenHasTheBuyers.com. Meanwhile, we continue to monitor the president's foreign trip here, and I think he has just done a tremendous job. He just spoke at the... um, Holocaust Memorial uh, in Israel. Now he is uh, preparing to take off from the uh, tarmac in Tel Aviv, bound for Italy, and a meeting in Rome with Pope Francis. Um, The president, in the wake of the Manchester, England terrorist attack, reaffirmed his commitment to eradicate radical Islamic terrorists. I repeat again that we must drive out the terrorists and the extremists from our midst, obliterate this evil ideology, and protect and defend our citizens and people of the world. And as we continue to update this obviously huge story, this is really hard. Um, Yaffe just handed me this story from a British publication headlined, Eight-year-old girl confirmed dead after attack at Ariana Grande concert in Manchester. And there's this picture of the most gorgeous, big-eyed, smiling little eight-year-old girl, Safi Rose Russos. In a statement from the head teacher at her elementary school, said Safi was simply a beautiful little girl in every aspect of the word. She was loved by everyone, and her warmth and kindness will be remembered fondly. Safi was quiet and unassuming with a creative flair. The whole family was there for the concert. Her mom survived but is currently in the hospital with injuries. Safi Rose's sister, 
and her older sister, the two sisters here, being treated for shrapnel injuries. This was like a nail bomb with all kinds of nails and nuts and ball bearings in it. Typical radical Islamic terrorism, um, IED type of stuff. I mean, who in the world goes out with the idea that we know we're going to be killing a whole bunch of innocent children, a bunch of principally little girls who would be at a concert like this, some with their parents, some the parents letting them off and no one to pick them up, that it was good, wholesome entertainment, et cetera, et cetera. It's an absolute nightmare. It absolutely is, and we will continue to follow the story. Yaffe, you'll be on this evening, and I know there will be many, many developments forthcoming in the uh, course of the day in the wake of the terrorist attack that you'll be talking about. Let's talk about your show tonight when it's on. Yeah, I'm on 7 to 9 p.m. tonight. It's Beyond Reason Radio, where I'm the voice of reason in a world that is beyond reason. Uh, I'm sure there will be breaking news. Like you said, we'll talk about it. I want to go over Trump's budget as well. Yeah, we talked about that this morning. It'll be revealed today and you'll have even more info than i had on the preview exactly right so we'll and we'll take calls and texts on that as well and of course the president by then of course will be in rome uh he'll be meeting in the vatican with um with pope francis so all the latest developments here primetime talk radio my uh, executive producer yaffe hosting beyond reason tonight from seven until nine that'll do it for the front gate realty studio visit laurahasthebuyers.com Deb bringing you more news here at 9 o'clock. We'll stay on the Manchester, England terrorist attack story all day here on WFLA. Thanks so much for being with us on a difficult morning. We are glad you're with us on the 50,000-watt front porch every day. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.